Today's guest is Marissa Tyner. She's the inventor of Feel Better Pops, a fruit pop made with wholesome superfruits, probiotics, a hint of herbs, and coconut water. What started as a home remedy for her sick son turned into a real product available at grocery stores and pharmacies. She walks us through the whole journey of how to turn your idea into a reality. Marissa is currently looking for investors to take this product to the next level. Good morning, Marissa. So I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm looking forward to talking to you. We've never met before, so I'm really interested to hear kind of your your life story, your journey in the in the food industry. So welcome, and why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, whatever you'd like us to know to start with. Great. Well, thank you for having me, and I appreciate this time with you, Maureen. So nice to meet you, and um, I'm excited to share my, my journey with you. Um, it started way back when I, I come from a family that um, my parents were both Italian, so you know everything that... Um, we did was in the kitchen. So food was always such a important part of my growth. Um, my dad would be, you know, in the garden and, and picking whatever. And my mom would be in the kitchen preparing. And one thing that was always instilled to us was we had to be home at six o'clock for dinner every day. Um, that was part of our time together. And the kitchen was something that was was our, our focal point, our, our nucleus of the family. So um, that was something special. And uh, I just, I always thought that was part of why food was such a, a magical thing for me growing up and what I wanted to do moving forward. Um, and I was that child too that would sit at the at the table and I would look at um, my cereal box and I would turn it and you know do the games on the back you know when I was allowed to have like the sugary cereal you know that was like a special treat um, but I would do the games and then I would look at the ingredients and I was always like consumed on what was inside something I don't know that was something that I remember growing up that just made me like question what I was putting in my body, even at such a like young age. I don't know. So um, I, uh, yeah, I remember that. And I also remember something too that, you know, was just interesting. When I wasn't feeling well, my dad would, you know, make me teas. And, um, you know, if I had a stomach ache, he would make me chamomile tea. And I always thought that was something interesting. I could feel better by drinking something, right? Instead of taking something like a pill. And I, that also just kind of always was in the back of my mind. And I think that was the beginning of like this journey of what I wanted to, um, you know, search and, and find and, and share with, with, with the world. So um, I went to school uh, for nutrition. Um, I got my degree in um, nutrition and dietetics. And when um, my, my other students and colleagues were going into the registered dietitian path, I actually went into the culinary world and uh, I went to the Natural Gourmet Cookery School in New York City, um, a program that was developed by Anne-Marie Colbin, who was all about um, food and healing. 
And it was such a great experience to take what I learned at the college level, um, but really get knee deep in, in the food and preparation and how food can heal. Again, going back into when I was younger and having my tea, drinking it and starting to feel better. So all those kind of made those stepping stones into my journey. Um, so I went out to California um, for an apprenticeship program at the, um, it was the Stanford Inn by the Sea when I was in my early 20s. And um, they had their own organic garden. Um, so as a apprentice, we would be out uh, in the gardens. Um, they even harvested their own seaweed and um, we would take all of that, bring it back into the kitchen, and um, that would dictate the menu. And um, I, I was there for six months. I was actually supposed to be there for a month, but I extended it to six months. I would have extended it longer, but my father passed oh. away. So I came back to the East Coast, um, and it was, it was one of those um, life-altering moments because he was such a part of me. Um, so yeah, and that's, and then, and then it started, right? So then I took all of that experience and into, um, I worked at a beautiful spa up in the Berkshires oh, okay. at the Canyon Ranch. And I was a, um, I was the, the, the person in between, right? I was not a dietitian and I was working with the chefs. So I was their nutrition generalist. So I was the person that would float in, in uh, the dining rooms. I would be the sidekick in the demo kitchens, um, working with amazing chefs. And I was the one that was uh, talking about all the properties of food and how food was a direct, uh, the, the direct effect in, in, in your healing journey. Was this a, pla was this a place like uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Where she went to the Berkshires for the, for her. Oh my God. I don't know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't, oh, you didn't watch that series? I guess I have to now. Yes. The family <laughs> goes to every summer. That's where they go for their vacation for the whole summer. For the Berks, at the Berkshires. Well, yeah, I can imagine because it's a special little place, just like that place in Mendocino, Northern California. I've been blessed uh, to experience some really special places. And that, yes, the Berkshires is one of those places. Yeah. And they would stay the whole summer because they, this is the wealthy people. This is, they got out of New York city. Yes. They're very, very, right. Upper class. Yes. And this is in the fifties <laughs> and this is in the fifties and sixties. So they would go for the whole summer and the husbands would nice. come on the weekends, you know, when they, uh, they'd get work all week and they come on the weekends and the, and the women and the children were there all summer. It was like summer camp for rich people. Yeah. And so that's, this was the um, summer camp for the, the summer spa for rich people. Oh yes. This was probably the same thing. Yes. So, you know, I, there was lots of celebrities. Yes. Lots of celebrities that I would be able to, um, you know, speak on behalf of, you know, it was, it was, it was a great experience. Um, I was there for two years and then I, I, I keep moving along because there's always another door to kind of, you know, go through. So, yes. So what did you do after this? So then I went from the high end clientele to the opposite side of the, the pendulum 
to um, a charter school in East Orange, New Jersey. So I was actually the nutritionist at a charter school. So where you had so much opportunity and, you know, um, uh, naysay in what you're doing in preparation and education. Now you're working at a different level um, where there is, um, you know, low, low income and, you know, just children trying to, um, get what they can nutritionally at the school level. So um, I was able to kind of work again with the chefs and create these menus, but also introduce new foods that these children have not ever experienced before. So I actually created a class on introduction to new foods. And one of the, I remember it was wonderful. like hummus was such a, like a new food for them and they loved it. You know, they've never, they, they never saw what a chickpea was and then crushing it and making into a, like a, you know, a paste or a dip and then taking celery and just eating it. And that just right there, their eyes would be so like intrigued. And I thought, wow, you know, here you go from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. And that was an amazing experience too. So I was able to kind of, you know, make a path in this little charter school in East Orange, New Jersey. And I was there for a couple of years as well. And, um, and then I moved along where I met my husband and he brought me outside of New Jersey onto Long Island. Uh-huh. And I worked at a vitamin company for a couple of years. Um, and I was the nutritionist for Country Life Vitamins for five years. And um, now were you manufacturing, were you manufacturing vitamins? Is that what you were doing? So I was, no, I was on the other end. Well, they did do contract manufacturing, okay. absolutely, on site. Um, but I was I was working with the regulatory quality department um, and then answering questions uh, B2B. So any questions that came in about the vitamins, um, where the ingredients were sourced, any certificates or documentation requests, they would channel through, through me and then I would be. Um, that doesn't sound like the creative side for you. It was not. It was not. <laughs> it was not. Um, but it was. It was a good position. Again, I. I take on different. I, yeah. Again, I feel like, for me, having these different opportunities have been all just a great experience. So I had that experience working um, on the supplement side of things, um, which then goes into my other. You know, my next move. So. Uh, it probably was a good education to learn all the regulatory, all the quality issues. Correct. Knowing, I mean, information is very powerful. So you you gained a lot of information probably during those years. A hundred percent. And that's the thing, you know, you do from from school is one thing and like, you know, the, the textbooks learning. But for me, um, I just feel like in life general, um, once you get out into the world, uh, learning that's a different type of learning and experience. And that's what I'm most blessed about is that I've, my, my, my mom, my, my family have always allowed me to kind of spread my wings and just go. Um, I think that's one thing I'd like to pass on to my children as well is, you know, definitely the school part is essential, but also experiencing is the other part of growth. Um, and you said this was business to business, so you probably learned about a lot about the suppliers. I did, yes. 
And then I was also face to face. So I, I attended a lot of trade shows. too. So I was able to be a part of on, you know, the ground level at trade shows, doing some sales pitches as well. Not that I was on the sales side, but, you know, understanding the ingredients, the sourcing, the documentation, all that is involved in then creating these supplement lines because there is so much. Um, that needs to be, you know, checked off before, you know, it gets into the production phase. So did you enjoy trade shows? I do enjoy trade shows. I feel like <laughs> it's a lot. Um, my husband thinks I go to trade shows for vacations, but it's not a vacation. You're on your feet for eight hours, 10 hours, depending on the show. I was at Vita Foods um, last May in Geneva, which was an amazing experience. But that that took a lot. It was three days, mm -hmm. which most trade shows are two days. Um, I think by day, by morning of day three, I was like, oh my God, uh, it, it definitely takes a lot out of you, but you have the ability to be face to face with a lot of people that you're meeting behind the scenes. Um, and I think there's, there's an excitement too. There's a lot of, you know, what's the next trend or what's the next new something. And that, there is my creative side that always like, mm -hmm. okay, I, I want to like walk the show and see what's happening and what can, you know, what can I take away and then bring back. So. Yeah. And you get to try other products. I love food shows because. And that's the best part. Absolutely. You, you know, things that you've read about. <laughs> see. Just trying and taking all the samples home and then sharing it with my kids. They're always so excited. And some things are a pass and some things are like, no way. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's the best part actually. Oh yeah. We always felt like it was like trick or treat. You just, they'd give you a bag at the door and you'd walk around and you get all these samples right. <laughs> and it could be things from like gummies to in the food shows I've been to, they just wanted to give you things with their name on it. So you got spatulas and spoons and, and pens, lots of yeah. pens. I got well, a lot of I don't pens. And pens aren't my favorite part, but measuring spoons. I've, I think my all, everything in my drawer for the measuring things, measuring spoons, spatulas, all those things are all have a company name on them. My wooden spoon. That's great. Everything. Yes. Yes. And one of them is my favorite. And I found one in another drawer somewhere the other day. And I was like, yay, now I have two. Because yeah, so I, I was the trade shows. We always laughed because we said we feel like, and at first you feel embarrassed, like walking around picking up people's stuff. Because sometimes you pick up stuff that you don't even have any interest in their company. You just want that that little trinket. So you you pick up all this stuff, and then some things are obviously pointed towards children. They know that these people are going to pick it up and take it home to their kids. So my kids were always looking forward to see what we pulled out of the suitcase after a food show. It's like trick or treating. Correct. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> yes. I haven't been to one. It's in a no, great experience. I haven't been to one since before COVID. So uh, maybe I'll go back to another one and see what see what they have to to give us. Yes. There's one. There's one thing to be said about exhibiting, and then there's something to be said about being able to walk yes. the show. Um, yeah. So exhibiting, I feel like. You have to go in with that mentality of, you know, this is, it's going to take a lot out of you. You just have to go in with that and you just get through those days. And then once it's over, 
it's like a party. <laughs> yeah. And I think some people are good exhibitors and some are terrible. And I don't mean in general. I mean, like specifically, you'll see people at booths that just stand there and stare at everyone. And you're wondering, you know, you're almost afraid to approach them because they don't look like they're going to say anything. And there's other people that are surrounded by people all day long. And I don't even know if they have that great of a product, but everybody's happy to go see them. They have that something. Yes. And, and you talk to them. So I think it makes for a long show if you're that lonely person no one's talking to, or if you're that person everybody's coming over to see. Right. And then there's some boots, Maureen, that are just like, wow. I mean, it's incredible what from when I was, you know, with Country Life, let's see how many years ago my son is 14. So almost like 18 years ago, when I first went to my trade shows with Country Life to today, you know, the booths and what the creation of these like spaces, 10 by 10s or whatever have you. I mean, it's almost like a family room now, you know, you go to these spaces and you want to just sit down and hang out and have a glass of wine and speak on behalf of whatever ingredient or what, what, whatever it's become so, so different. It's a different world and how much money it is to exhibit. That's another part of it. Now there was a, there was, when I go to the IFT shows, there was always that one booth that had a ploy where at four o'clock they would serve beer. Yeah. <laughs> And everybody in the show would flock over there at four o'clock to get beer. Yeah. And one year they were positioned next to the company giving out personal size pizzas. So everyone all day long was going over there to get a pizza and a beer. And then at four o'clock. Perfect. That was well done right oh, there. Oh, I know. It was, <laughs> I, I wondered, I always wondered if they ever did it again. I didn't know if that was an accident or if they purposely were going to do that from, they should have from then on. Yeah. Sometimes you have to get creative in where your, your placement is, um, you know, cause it does work together. So that was, that's smart. Then that was, that was great. But the beer, and I don't even drink beer. I was just standing back watching these people flock to this <laughs> this beer. So I would just go over there just to find out who was coming over so I could talk to them. So where did you go after this? So then, then I, and then I had my son. So I was able to be a stay at home mom for a while. And that was a beautiful thing um, to be able to be home, check out and have, you know, this beautiful baby and um, not have to worry about you know, the outside and just be a mom. And it was, it was a, it was a great, you know, time to see my son, um, become and grow and crawl and do all those things and milestones. Um, you know, that was special. It was special. How long, how long did you do that? So I did that for, let's see, until then my daughter was born. So um, born on the same day, actually three years apart. Really? Um, not planned, wow. completely natural. So my son turned three and my daughter was born on 10-11. Uh, so 10-11-9, 10-11-12, almost to the exact minute. So 4.26 a.m. and 4.27 a.m. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's amazing. Um, I don't know. They're like aligned somehow. 
twins, but not born on the same day. So that was, that was super special. And uh, so then she was, she was in the world and it was great. So I had two of them and then he had gone to, to preschool and she was with me and that was my life. And it was, it was great. Uh, and then Maureen, um, my son kept getting sick, right? Okay. So, you know, preschool germs, he was bringing home the germs. My daughter got sick actually. And, um, she actually had to go to the hospital. Um, she was an infant and uh, she caught something and she was in the hospital in the NIC unit for, for about a week, mm-hmm. um, right before Hurricane Sandy came. Uh, I'll never forget that. It was terrible to see her on high pressure oxygen, unable to really breathe because they thought it was RSV, mm-hmm. but it was bronchiolitis. Um, so inflammation in the bronchial um area. And so that was, that was really scary. And, um, thank God, you know, she's, she's not going to win. She's a strong little girl. She got through it, but I have to say every time my son would have a sniffle or anything, I got, I got nervous, you know, I was just so nervous. And, um, in fact, then one time he did come home with a very bad stomach virus and, uh, that, that really, um, on his end, he was really weak and um, he just wasn't able to hold anything down. And I thought, all right, what can I do to make him feel better, right? Um, he just needed something to just relieve the, the you know, this, the, the stomach ache and wasn't holding anything. He needed hydration. He had a fever. And so then I thought, you know what? He loves ice pops. I'm going to make him an ice pop, but I'm going to do it my way. So I went into the kitchen and I just started whipping up some things that, you know, made sense, but also had like some sort of purpose, right? Wanted him to feel better, but I wanted him to hold it down and enjoy it as well. So I made him an ice pop with uh, coconut water and apple and ginger. And I had some powdered probiotics. I blended it up and then I froze it. And I, then I gave it to him on a stick cause I had popsicle sticks. Cause you know, at this stage in my life, arts and crafts yep. was a big game. Yep, I had everything, <laughs> uh, stickers, all that stuff, but I had the popsicle stick and frozen and I gave it to him and, um, he was able to enjoy it. And he was able to hold it down. And then he started to say, you know, mom, I, I, I feel better. And I'm like, oh, my God, uh, I'm glad you feel better. It was the first thing he had actually held down in like a day or two. So um, obviously, like that just wanted him to, to feel better. That's it. And he got through the stomach virus. Everything was good. But something like left me with that experience. I thought, you know what? He felt better. I made something. Is there anything on the market like this? And so I started doing some research to see if there was any type of popsicle that had this type of ingredients like the coconut water or probiotics. And there wasn't. Hmm. So, and you see, life has a way of bringing things in front of you. There's like, like these signs. And um, funny, I was reading a magazine at the time 
And um, I saw this advertisement and it said, if you have an idea in the food concept or a food idea, bring it to the uh, Rutgers Innovation Center in Bridgeton, New Jersey. And I thought, okay, <laughs> I'm going to reach out to them and see what I can do because I think I have something here. Mm -hmm. And so I did. Um, I reached out to them and I met with their food scientist and um, I drove down three hours and I said, you know, this is just an idea. Um, this is what I made. Obviously, I know from my experience, um, there's something to be said from taking an idea from the kitchen and scaling it up to commercial. Right. right? There's a lot of involved. You know, there's a lot to be involved in this. Um, and this uh, woman that I was working with, she's a food scientist. And at the time, again, my mind was just being in a creative space. I didn't even realize the science involved in a popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like this, I, if I'm all in, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to learn about how to do this. Um, so I, I drove down um, a few times and we started kind of putting my idea to this concept to get it to the next stage because there's stages and there's sugar content and can it freeze? And most of the popsicles that are out on the market are watered down and I'm using coconut water and real fruit and this probiotic and probiotic is a live bacteria. Will it still be alive after the frozen um, you know, stage? Uh, so a lot of thought process in this just idea of making a pop for my son to make him feel better. Hence the name Feel Better Pops was created. Um, so it really exciting that um, something that was just something became and the journey of Feel Better Pops started. So I started my business and uh, it was and it is a, a great, uh, you know, idea of taking something that makes me feel better but tastes great too. I put my, my, my culinary background into use. Um, and funny, my son was in preschool at the time. So what I was doing as well was taking my, my prototypes mm -hmm. into the preschool and having the kids be my taste testers and see if something was either too sweet or not sweet enough. And I can read through their signs on their faces and kind of writing notes um, so, and it's, it's, was a great experience. Um, and then I, and then honestly, the, the time with the Rutgers Innovation Center was to a place where they were taking on a lot of projects and, um, they didn't have the experience really in this world of popsicles and creamery and ice cream. So the suggestion was, you know, you have a great idea, go with it. But I think the best idea is to find a food consultant in this line of specialty. Mm -hmm. And so I took that advice and on my drive, my three hours drive home, not that it was an end. It was, okay, this is the next piece right. to the puzzle. So I went home, I immediately Googled food scientist, creamery experience, <sighs> culinary. She mentioned Penn State, plugged in Penn State. And to my surprise, a name came up 
and was a consultant. And I reached out to him, Joe Flock, and he um, was an amazing person that took my email, took my uh, idea, and was was interested in working with me. And he became actually my partner. And we took this idea together and ran with it. So, um, okay, let's, let's back up a little bit. So how long did you, how long did you work with Rutgers to get to the point? I I worked with Rutgers for about six months, actually, maybe, maybe about five to six months. In fact, now for something like this, does Rutgers charge you anything to do this? They do. They do. They do charge okay. you. Yeah. So it was, they charge you um, because obviously, you know, you're working with the food scientists there. You're using their space, mm-hmm. which, you know, they have their, their, their kitchen um, and the ingredients I would bring in. So I was bringing, bringing in the ingredients. Um, we were using what we could, their machineries and such. Um, but I really, I, you know, I love when people are fully transparent I think, you know, especially when you're, you're, you're moving and you're, you want just advice because this is all new to you. Um, and when, when Julie Elmer, that's her name, she is amazing. Um, still have her as a contact, um, because she was the first person to kind of just say, okay, listen, it's a great idea. You definitely have something, but I'm not the one that can take it and run with you. I just don't have that experience and background. But I think what you should do is do this. And I think, yeah, part of, you know, being a business owner or like when you don't have that type of experience is taking those little pieces and truly listening Mm -hmm. and then, you know, moving to the next stage. And then from there, it's like, okay, so let's take what she said. Let's find this person. And there he was. And so I immediately reached out to Joe. And just, and it was just as easy as a Google. It was just Googled and you found it. It was just as easy as a Google. And funny enough, Joe shares the same birthday as my kids. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Going back to the birthday. Wow. There's like a meaning for everything, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. I I know, I know Joe and his wife, so I do. Yes. They're wonderful people. And um, to have them along this journey was incredible, both Trisha and Joe. Um, Trisha on the regulatory, she was like my regulatory person. She was knee deep in so many, you know, uh, what needs to be done, even like with packaging and font size and things like that. Like we were a very small team, always were a small team. You know, this is a grassroots, truly organic way of approach of a business. Um, so the thing was, you know, obviously Joe also charged, he's a, he has mm-hmm. a consultant right. fee as well. Um, and we were really trying to get these prototypes. I wanted three flavors. That was everything in three, I think is right, right. in food, in everything. Yes. <laughs> so I wanted three flavors. I wanted the flavors to make sense. I wanted the ingredients to dictate, um, you know, the purpose behind mm-hmm. it. And then I also wanted it, again, to taste good. At this point, you hadn't even produced one yet, right? It hasn't even gone to market. Just in your right? kitchen. So just in my kitchen, it was the original one was apple. Okay. So I wanted to take it to the next level and make it more like an apple pie smoothie or something okay. like that. That was where my idea was going. 
Um, and then, of course, I was trying to, you know, again, use these ingredients. So pineapple, I know, has great enzymes, right, that break down things. So every ingredient, that was my mantra, had to have a purpose. So I took pineapple and, and paired it with banana, and I wanted that to be a flavor, um, the apple pie. And then just because I needed something that gave a little lift in that profile, I took peach and I paired it with the chamomile. So those two ingredients had a good play. So, uh, so yeah, so together we developed those three prototypes or concepts. Um, and we were just, you know, it was, he lives in Pennsylvania. I'm in New Jersey. Um, he would ship me overnight on uh, dry ice, these, you know, t pops to, to taste. And then again, I was bringing it to the school for the kids to kind of give me a feel and a read. Um, and we did this back and forth and back and forth. And of course, you know, it cost money. Everything yes. cost money. Um, <laughs> everything. Um, so, you know, it was starting to get a little, a lot actually. And, um, I said, you know what? And he had the idea to, why don't I just become a partner in this? I would love it. Um, I truly believe in this, in this, in this idea, in this business, let's go all in together. And so he became my partner. Yeah. And so there we are. So there we are on this journey together, developing, and then finally, we got it, right? It just clicks. It's like when you walk into a house and you know, when you taste the product, you know, now I have something here that really is on point flavor-wise. Um, again, he's the scientist. He got the, the sugar levels on point. Um, Trisha and I, on the other side, we reached out to a few different probiotic companies to see which probiotic can withstand frozen temperatures. Um, so there was a lot, there's a lot of, you know, stuff that goes behind the scenes before something is actually produced. Okay. Right. So that was that part of it. And, um, then we went into production and, um, we were at, uh, we found a space that made sense for the both of us, um, in Pennsylvania. So we were at the artisan kitchen, which is in Westchester PA and we started actually to now make the pops. Mm -hmm. Obviously we had to buy the machinery and all that too. Um, so we rented a space. So you bought equipment in this incubator. So you own the equipment, but not the space. Correct. It, that was how we can make sense of the start of the next, uh, yes, part of the journey. You're not co-manufacturer. You're not going to someone else and asking them to make it. You're making it yourself. No, this was all, this was all us. Um, you know, we would, uh, so I would drive down three hours to get to Westchester on the weekends. And Joe, you know, he was also working his other job as well. So he would drive, I think it was even more, I think it was five yeah. hours. Um, and then we would meet in Westchester and just do everything we can possibly do in the time allowed. Um, oftentimes we stay over um, and, uh, you know, at local hotels or whatever, and just produce and produce and produce as much as we can. And originally we, you know, we, we did like every other company. We started at like, you know, 
um, markets. Um, we would do farmers mm-hmm. markets. Uh, they actually at the artisan kitchen every I think it was Saturday or Sunday they would host these events. So for any startup, um, this was a great way to just get an introduction into this into the world and see you know what the consumers would you know if they liked it if they didn't. Um, and they had a lot of um, also referrals as well. So we were able to work with them to get inside some places as well. There was two universities, um, even though, okay, so Feel Better Pops started as an idea for, for children, right? It's a nice pop on a stick. Right. You know, the idea, because again, there's health benefits in, in gut health, um, mm-hmm. in hydrates. Um, there's a lot of, there was a lot to it, um, but we brought the idea to um, one of the universities over there um, and Westchester University because, you know, college students need hydration, especially when they're partying all night. So this was almost like a hangover pop that we started to sell (laughs) um, there as well. So, you know, interesting how things, you know, start somewhere and then kind of go in different directions. Did you call it a hangover pop? (laughs) No, not we wanted to. We wanted to. We didn't get there yet. Marissa, was there any any legal thing about having to claim that you feel better from these pops, or were you not making any medical claims? In fact, Maureen, it was we had enough of the probiotic in one popsicle that we could state it supports um, gut health. Okay. So because of the amount, um, we were working uh, directly with the company that supplied us the ingredient. Um, again, it was a, a probiotic uh, by the, it was Canadian. So that was the company and they were, it, we took our pops, they tested the pops to ensure that the amount of probiotics, first of all, could withstand. And then the, it had the amount that was stated. So we could use those supportive claims on our box itself. All right. So at this point you're, you're making them and, selling them already frozen. We are. We are making them, selling them frozen. And then we started to do individual boxes. Um, we started to move into that direction, right? Originally, we were just selling them at farmer's markets by the stick, mm-hmm. by one. Um, then we started to get a good following. We started to make a little additional capital. We, then we went into the boxes and we had three flavors, three boxes, now we had something tangible, right, to take to to uh, health food stores. Um, we went to compound pharmacies as well because, again, uh, children or anybody were on antibiotics. We could say if you're on antibiotics for this amount of time, if you were to eat one ice pop, it could help with you know any digestive issues that you experience with probiotics. So we had pharmacists that were supportive mm-hmm. as well. So they, um, I actually had one pharmacist that t- uh, bought a, f- a, f- a small freezer just to have the pops in his pharmacy. Um, you know, these are smaller pharmacies um, in Pennsylvania, in New Jersey, as well as uh, upstate New York. Um, I really was able to get them on board as well, because again, it's not just an ice pop. It was an ice pop that had these kind of ingredients to make you feel better. Um, so it really worked beautifully. Um, one um, that's later on when we sh- shift from being a frozen pop to an ice pop that was shelf stable, mm-hmm. 
but we were able, and we'll get there, but at one point um, we were really direct in line with like the Pedialytes of the world mm-hmm. and we were doing all right um, because, uh, you know, when a consumer is approached by something that is natural versus something that has a lot of other mm-hmm. types of ingredients in there, um, we were seeing that, especially in one particular area, um, they were just going directly to the feel better pops because of all the good ingredients in them. So yes, the journey continued. We, we took our ice pops on a stick and we, we did everything we could to gain momentum. Um, I actually, one of my, my close girlfriends who, um, one day knocked on my door and said, listen, I, I left corporate. I want to be on this journey with you. I will be part of the logistics. I will get these pops out there. Um, I'm taking that place of corporate world and I want to be able to use that and help my best friend here with her, you know, dream. And so she came on board. That's wonderful. Yes. So now we have Joe, we have Trisha, we have my, my great friend, Tracy and myself hustling and sweating and doing again, going back and forth to Westchester PA and, you know, starting to make this kind of wave um, outside of the Pennsylvania markets to now New Jersey, New York and Connecticut. Now, how were you, Marissa, how at this point were you marketing this? Were you doing through social media? What were you doing? Social media, we were doing as much as we could in social media. God for social media. Uh, that's how we started really to get the word out. And also, um, Tracy, I, I say this, she was a rock star demo person. Like she would go into these different stores and just set up a table and just have, we're talking about trade shows. Um, she was the person that would get everybody to the table to try the, the little samples that we had. We got really creative on how we we, we, we got the samples out there and then it was word of mouth. It really was. Um, so yeah, then we got picked up by ShopRite. We were in a lot of health food stores along, you know, um, the, the mom and papa health food stores, again, the compound pharmacies, we were doing really well and, um, so well that we took our production from Westchester PA mm-hmm. and we brought it closer to where Tracy and I lived in Northern New Jersey, because we were starting to really do a lot more of the production. Um, So we uh, uh, got a new new location and we got our own manufacturing um, up and running in Northern New Jersey, 30 minutes from my house. So um, at this stage too, Maureen, I just want to, I also was working a part-time job too, because I was really trying to also, you know, use what I can working um, and funnel it through to the business. Um, Cause you know, um, you got to keep the lights on and the machines going, but you also have other commitments to a family as well. Um, So even though it's a dream and it's a great dream, but it has to make sense as well. Um, I did not have the ability to have, you know, uh, a limited supply of capital coming my way. Did you have any investors? So we all contributed from our own. Um, oh, okay. So you didn't have any outside investors at this point? We did not. We did not. Um, at one point, though, we did get support from the state of New Jersey because we were women operated. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so we were funded um, to attend uh 
two trade shows uh, by the state of New Jersey. And when COVID hit too, we were able to get some something from the state of New Jersey as well to help with our business. Um, so that was that was huge. Um, but no outside investors. Um, At this point, what was your were you still on those original three flavors? So still originally three flavors. Of course, we were still, you know, Joe and I, I mean, especially myself, I'm always thinking like the next mm-hmm. thing. Um, and at that stage of the game, um, I was actually looking into doing like a CBD pop. Um, I was thinking about ingredients to start, you know, with, um, you know, again, we were always focused on gut health, but what was the next mm-hmm. kind of you know, next thing I was thinking, next kind of benefit, I was thinking brain support. So using ingredients that can help with um, children f- with brain support, eye health, because we're constantly on computers. My kids are constantly on, you know, some sort of device. So I wanted to start now putting together the next line of pops. Okay. But again, it's all capital, right. right? So we can only do what we can. So while the pops were freezing or we were in midst of production, I would be playing in the background, um, testing new flavors out with Joe, of course, um, and getting some fun things. I mean, that was the whole part of like that excitement was, you know, playing in the kitchen. It brought back my childhood. It brought back me being in culinary school. It brought back all those good things and just... During COVID, did they, did people pick up on these and want them to feel better from being sick from COVID or where did, what, what, how was your impact on COVID? You know, so the challenge, let me just say being an ice pop on a stick and being frozen was the challenge, right? Um, It's really hard to get an ice pop to and from places. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I have to actually say my husband was amazing in how he would help me distribute in the back of his truck with a generator uh, to get uh, the freezer and all the pops to the different locations because we weren't working with a distributor because the distributor costs money. Everything costs in this game, Right. right? So we were trying to do what we could to limit the amount of funds going out. And so he helped in, in getting our pops to and from places. And it's funny, some of the um, old timers would be like, you know that company Annie's? You're like Annie's because that's how they would do it is like old school bringing, you know, their, their product to and from using what they can. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to be the next Annie's. Thank you. I love <laughs> it. This is really like the, I love it. Like this is truly how you have to do things. Mm-hmm. You have to get creative and you have to use minimal amount of, you know, cash flow. So he, he helped in that, but right. So COVID you would think we had this immune boosting ice pop and it would be something that people could, you know, catch on to use it. But how are we getting the pops to like, you know, it's an, at a national level, right? Mm-hmm. We were really just grassroots. We were really, we're, you know, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, where we can get our pops to with my husband and the trailer and the generator. Um, unfortunately, shipping the pops, it just didn't make sense, mm-hmm. right? Because you'd have to have them on dry ice and the cost 
again, to, to do all that, it just was, was too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually suffered and it's unfortunate because that product should have really took off mm-hmm. at a time when people were feeling ill, needed the hydration. Um, yeah, it could have benefited completely. Uh, but we were at a price point too on shelves, right? Now people are home. They're not working as much. They need to save their money. Our price point was always a little bit higher. We were a premium product and understanding why, you know, we're using ingredients like the coconut water, like the real fruit purees. It wasn't watered down. The probiotics in them, the herbal extracts. I mean, everything had a purpose and it had to taste good and there was low allergen risk. But the cost, especially because we're doing at small runs, was a higher price point. And that too, not only was the frozen a challenge, it was the price point. Uh, we were always at a higher price point. So sometimes we'd have to work with the the the, the staff, like you know, the, the people that were at the shelves and the frozen aisles and be like, listen, please don't put us next to SpongeBob because we'll never make it, right? right? Because SpongeBob is priced at $1.99. Mm-hmm. We're priced at $6.99. So right there, we're going to take a hit. We need to be in a new area. And actually, that was the one thing I was kind of proud of was we were carving a new kind of something in the frozen aisle, right? We were not just an ice pop. We were actually a functional food. Yes. It was function in our food. And we wanted to now start this new kind of movement in the freezer aisle. And we had some support. Uh, but then again, COVID hit and it just, it, it hit people's pockets. And then we took a hit mm-hmm. as well. Um, unfortunately, because now people are starting to think, am I going to use this on a regular basis? Is it just something when I feel like, can this, is it only when I feel not well or can I do it? So all these things started to play and we were not getting the reorders. We were, we were taking a hit. Okay. And um, yeah, so that was, that was a pivotal point in our company. Um, and so instead of kind of throwing in the towel, Joe and I thought, you know what, something that we had wanted to do this is the time to do it is taking this idea and instead of being now a frozen, how do we make it to something shelf stable where the end customer now is going to put it in the freezer once they buy it. Right. So that whole like headache of, you know, being in a freezer, how do we distribute it? All those kind of, cause there is, there's so many headaches. I remember one time I was, I had three cases waiting for someone to just, you know, sign in so they can put them in the, the freezer and they're just sitting there and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to lose product because once they, once they, they're, they're, once they're gone, right. Once they've melted, it's not like ice cream where it can re like become again, mm-hmm. it, they're gone. Yeah. Like that's it. So those headaches were going to, you know, now be something we didn't have to worry So it took Joe and I almost a year to develop now the next line of pops, which was the same. We had to work with what we had. So taking those three flavors um, and now using it 
uh, on a different kind of concept, a different delivery form, which was liquid and then end customer freeze it. So that was a challenge in itself, but we thought this was the time to do it. If we're going to do this, might as well take everything we have and um, buy the machinery, start testing, start using the different types of, um, you know, different types of, it just, we had to take now this uh, now science of how do you take this and make it shelf stable. And that's where Joe's, you know, thank God his experience um, was able to do that. So I remember one time, this is years and years ago, I bought um, sugar-free, um, they were sugar-free fudge sickles, the popsicle brand. Okay. And I didn't like them. So I threw them in the sink and figured in the morning, I would just dump the liquid down the, down this drain and throw the box away. So I threw them in the sink, probably like six o'clock at night. And the next day I get up and I look and they still are like popsicles, except <laughs> they're room temperature, nothing melted. And I thought, oh my goodness, what is in these that makes them non-melting you know, like yeah. there has to be all kinds of chemicals and gums and all kinds of stuff. So right. I wrote a letter to Popsicle at oh, the time and I said, nice. what is going on that you have this Popsicle that doesn't melt? You know, that basically I'm putting it in the freezer for, I could have put this in the clo- in the cupboard or in the refrigerator or something. I mean, th- I don't have no idea. And they, you know, their answer was very, um, <clears throat> non-answer. It was more like, sorry, we don't, you don't like it. Here's some coupons to buy our other products. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I don't think I want to buy it. So that happened. Now, just probably, I'm going to say a month ago, we had some kind of frozen novelty item. I don't remember what brand it was or anything. And my husband didn't like it and he threw it in the sink and he figured he'd throw it away when it melted. And two hours later, it's still there. Oh my and, it's, God. and I said, well, good thing you didn't eat that because who knows what it's made of. It must have been made of plastic or something that didn't melt right. at all. And I thought, wow. So my point being is yours obviously being of natural and organic materials is going to melt. But these, it's gonna melt. But yes. these had... Who knows what was in them? And I fear now what in the world these people were, you know, putting in there that we were eating that didn't even, that means I could have packed them in the kid's school lunch and they could have taken them to school and eaten them later. I mean, and that's the whole thing is like going back to when I was a kid and reading the labels on the cereal box. I've always been so interested in knowing what I'm eating, like what's inside something, right? Because it's going inside me. And I don't want chemicals. I don't want any of those things that if I can't pronounce it, or I don't understand it or know it, what is it going to do internally? Where is it going to go? What is it? Um, So that was the big whole mantra about Feel Better Pops was really taking it, you know, having a product that had these ingredients that you know, first of all, made sense and also were natural, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's it. We really wanted to stay in lines with that. And then developing now this next stage of pops, 
again, to your point, there's a lot of preservatives. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things, coloring agents, all those things that we thought, well, we can be the natural version of them. Um, so it did take some time and we had to do a lot of tests. You know, of course, you don't want something, you know, your, your shelf stable. So will mold grow? Will bacteria form? You know, you have to start testing that. So we had our own little test section where we would make the pops. By the way, we still had to buy a machine, right? Yeah. So this it took a while for the machine to come and we didn't have you know, a crazy amount of capital. I like the top of the line machine. We bought what we could afford and it was like the little engine that could, but it did. And we were able to start running these now liquid pops and then testing them on the side to see if what, you know, what's happening here and what's the taste. It really, it was a lot of work in that one year to get them to where they were. Um, and we did it. And then we had to change everything over. Um, we had to change the packaging. We had to change, you know, we had to, we had to now get these different linings. I mean, there was so much involved to then now change. And, uh, and then we actually didn't use a probiotic anymore. We used something else. It was another functional ingredient, um, but more for immune support. It was a beta glucan. Um, so that was something else that we shifted. So instead of now on the GI side, um, we wanted to support immune function because, again, COVID, um, and, and we did it. it. Again, it took a while, but we did do it. And um, then we started to start, you know, doing what we can social media-wise to get the word out. Um, we actually went to a trade show once we could attend a trade show in Vegas. Um, we were at a kid's health um summit as well. We were one of 10 companies <clears throat> that had, um, was, was a food innovation. So uh, one of 10 companies that was really making uh, a trend in, in kids' health. So that was something excellent um, that we had. We won a um, an award as well. Um, so a lot of good things were happening and uh, it took some time and we did it. But another problem that we experienced that we didn't kind of think of was when we were selling them and being able to sell them online because they were liquid um uh, there was there was also it was a lot just to to ship them as well mm -hmm. so no more dry ice but the weight of the pops themselves oh. that created another like cost right to shipping and so again because we're premium product. Um, the cost was still on the higher side, but shipping them added another part to it that all of a sudden, you know, it just, how do we work through that? Mm -hmm. Um, so that was something we had to work through, but now did you give up the frozen side completely and switch to this or did you do both? No, then good question, Maureen. Then we did, we, we gave up the frozen side mm -hmm. We sold because we, we needed some capital. We sold the machinery um, to a company in Pennsylvania, um, an ice pop company. I hope they're doing well. Mm -hmm. That machine was amazing. It was an, I was 
it was a beast. It really produced so much for us. It was like our heaven. Um, so yeah, we sold all that. And then we just had our machine that was solely doing these um, liquid pops. Yeah. Oh, okay. So are your liquid pops on the market now? So our liquid pops are not on the market now, unfortunately. They are kind of on a shelf. Um, not to say that the company or the idea is is done mm -hmm. or, you know, it's just kind of, we had to take a step back. We were literally hustling this idea for about eight years. Um, I actually had to take on a full-time job mm -hmm. because, you know, yeah. you have to do what you have to do in life. Um, so between the full-time, everybody actually had to start, you know, doing what they needed to do to help with their own, you know, life and families. Um, so we all kind of just needed to just take a breath, take a step back and say, okay, we just want to put it on a shelf uh, and hope we can get it back. Okay. Because it truly is, it's a, it's, it's a product. Again, I, we mentioned functional food. It has the functionality. There's potential in growth. There's so much uh, that I still believe deep down in my gut it can come back, but we need some support. Really, we do. It's um, we did what we could as a team um, financially. Um, we sweat. We we, we tear. <laughs> um, there is a lot to it. Um, it was a really hard place to say. You know what? Um, it's time to just take a, a step back and breathe. I actually, so again, the idea was because of my son, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't feel well. I made him an ice pop. He actually was the face of the pops. Oh, yeah. You know how you see like Wendy's and you have all these. Well, my son Chase was on the box. He was like a little celebrity <laughs> in school. It was really cute, right? Um, and uh, he, he plays football too. And so his name on the football team was Chase Pops. And he was known as Chase Pops in his little world. Um, so cute, right? And uh, then eventually my daughter said, no, that's not fair. Like he's on on, on the box and, and I'm not, right? And I'm like, well, you're right. So when we created the next packaging, I made sure she was on, it wasn't a box anymore. It was like a pouch. So the three of us, right, mm -hmm. really are the creators of this idea. I mean, my husband was the driver too. Um, <laughs> he gets some credit. He's going to be on the box. I, I give them love when I, can. <laughs> um, so, so yes. Uh, so then she was on the pouch and everybody's happy, but my story, my, the, what I'm trying to say is when we had to come to that point of, you know, we need to take a break. It's been a long time. We all need to do what we have to do to, you know, survive, whatever. Um, I went to my son cause I felt like, will he be disappointed? Cause mom needs to just take a break. And um, I said to him, I crawled in his bed, you know, 11 at the time. And I said, Chase, you know, actually, no, 12, 13. I said, Chase, are you going to be disappointed if mommy needs to just take a break from Feel Better Pops? And he said, Mom, I couldn't be more proud of you. Oh, yeah, that was amazing because he saw. And he was at farmer's markets. They were part of, you know, take your kid to work. I took him to the kitchen and I put him to work. Mm -hmm. When I had to go to, you know, um, trade shows or whatever needed to be done, 
I mean, all hands on deck. So they were part of this journey. Um, so uh, I didn't want to disappoint him especially. And for him to say that, it made me feel like I did something. Yeah. Even though, you know, the company, you know, didn't become the company I had hoped for at that time. Mm -hmm. um, at least I, I was able to um, give them something and, you know, working hard and doing what you can do and taking an idea and making it come alive. I think that was part of their life lesson too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause I think people think it's really easy. Come up with a good idea, walk through the 10 steps and then you've, you, you make it. And that's not it at all. Most of these have these. It is not it at all. At all. There's so much involved. It's funny. I like, I even say my mom always, cause she's, my mom is also a part of my tribe, right? Like I needed to do things. And she was you know, also being a woman in business and having children and how are you supposed to do everything? Um, so thank God, you know, I had the support from my mom as well to help me you know, shuttle or do what she can to help with the kids while I'm on my popsicle dream. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much involved, but she would see it too. And she would say, people don't understand mm -hmm. like what it takes. And like the funny part too, like packaging, like who knew like everything, there was so, a packaging, what's involved in putting just the packaging to the fonts and the regulatory side and all that. And then the product as well. Like Again, who knew science was so involved in a popsicle? Mm -hmm. That's it was it's incredible what it takes to get something out there. Um, of course, if you have unlimited funds, you can bring in people that are experts and can help you get there quicker. Um, but do have to say, by doing all these things on my own or with my team. It allowed me to learn so much. And um, if the idea is there and I can still bring this out there with Feel Better Pops, that's amazing. But I hope one day I can also help someone on their journey mm -hmm. in creating whatever they can. Because if you can pass that on, I think that's that's part of that's that's the bonus of it all. Right. So. Yeah. Not, not to promote anybody or mention any names. Are there any other pops out there that have this idea? So you said you went to a trade show and there were other ones doing it. We were really close Maureen to, um, target was interested as well, um, mm -hmm. in us. So not to put out any crazy names, but target was interested at one point, but, uh, again, we, it's, our little machine and what the capacity that it can do, there would be no way, right? So we had a now in this stage of the game, so where we're at now, it's on a shelf. But if we were to get some support out there, mm -hmm. we would take this and go to a contract manufacturer, okay. right? So we've, we've tapped out in our abilities in what we can do, right? So we would need the support to get to that next level. And that next level would be contract manufacturing okay. to really run now, you know, you know, four pops at a time and the ability to get thousands going mm -hmm. um, and having it just be done that way. Um, so that's, that's it. But to answer your question... There is no pop out there that can do or say what we've done or will do with the ideas that I have and the, the partner that I, that's on board as well. There's something special. Again, you know, when you walk into a house and you know, 
we have something special that really has not been done. We were carving this new space in, in, in the freezer world. We were carving new space in the kids' health. I mean, to be recognized as one of 10 companies alongside Kashi, we're just this little company. And we really started to make some big waves. Unfortunately, we just didn't have the capital to help us get to that next level. The next level too, not only contract manufacturing, we didn't have the marketing capabilities, the advertisement. We just, we just didn't have it. Mm -hmm. um, so do I believe it? I do. Like I said, in my gut, we just needed to take a, I think it was, it was time to just all take a breath um, and just, you know, see what the universe has in store for us. Um, it was, it was a fair time to just say, let's do that. And as a team, we all agreed. So, so right now, if you had the money to invest in it, you could start this all back up again. A hundred percent with some new formulation and ideas. That's the exciting part. So you're looking for your shark tank, huh? I am. I am looking for my shark that makes sense. Right. So we actually were shark tank reached out to us. The casting director ah. did. But it was early on, and um, I was not going to get crucified up there with numbers. I knew at the time we didn't have it. It's a great idea. Everybody says it's a great idea, concept there, but what are your numbers? And we just yes. didn't have that. Um, so there was no way I was doing that. No way. Um, and then actually at the last trade show we were at two, two years ago, we did win a contest to present to investors um, mm -hmm. at this kids um, trade show in, in Las Vegas. Everybody loved it. And um, it was, it, like I said, Target was interested. Um, the thing was the investors that were there, no one had experience in food and beverage. Um, they were oh. all in these different spaces. Actually, I was kind of floored. It was more about clothing and furniture and toys. We wow. were really one of only, you know, a few companies there that had this like food or beverage or anything like that. So it was like, really? So again, transparency, um, they were great idea. I wish I had the experience. This can really, really be something, but I just, I don't have I don't have, I don't have the experience in this space. So, so again, yeah, it has to make sense, right? Just like how the pops make sense. Someone that along, we just need one more hoping one person can believe in us and really help us too on the business side, um, help with the, the marketing and the advertisement and then, you know, getting us to that next stage. Yeah. yeah. Cause you know, they say that, Baby food and pet food are the two most interesting things to sell mm. because the because the person, let's say pretend pets are persons, the person who is going to consume it is not the one who purchases it. Correct. So it's like with baby food, if you don't put the flavor combinations out there that an adult says, oh, that sounds good, then it won't sell even though the child would eat it. So I look at some of these pouches I buy from, from Aldi and they're apple banana spinach. And at first I was like, oh, spinach. And so I bought them because I thought 
well, maybe, hopefully they did some testing and I've given them to my grandchildren and they all love them. The broccoli, the spinach, the kale, everything, but they do not buy it. And if I had perceived them to be expensive, I would may, maybe not have bought them. Right. Okay. If I'm, like you said, if you put the, your pops next to the SpongeBob ones, no one's going to buy it. If they put these pouches next to a jar of applesauce, I'm looking at it going, wait a minute, I can buy, you know, four pouches are like three times the, char- the cost of this jar of applesauce. I could just give them the applesauce. But, you know, the marketing has led us to believe that pouches are wonderful and pouches are convenient and pouches, and they are, they are convenient, they they are are easy, and they're all those things. But as you have found, when you're selling these feel better pops, the adults are buying them thinking they're giving them to the children, even though you probably didn't say anything on there about this is for kids. I mean, an adult could use it, right? An adult who doesn't feel good. And seniors too. We actually went to assisted living because, you know, we know seniors, they have a hard time with taste and like hydration and and dry mouth. And we were actually doing well at some of the assisted livings. We were also donating to a lot of um, cancer um, centers and and Mm -hmm. camps. And, you know, there was so much involved, like, I really thought that this had such purpose, right? We were almost mm-hmm. pops with a purpose versus just, you know, anything else. And um, that's why it kind of hurts because there was so much that we wanted to do. Um, but sometimes you just, you know, it comes down to, to, to capital and how much you can, you know, how much is someone going to pay for a pop too? I, I remember um, listening to the, the owner of Chibani and he said, it's, you have to make the price point make sense to the consumer because there's a line where they just, they're not going to buy yogurt for $3 a pop. You know what I mean? Like, so you just, it has to make sense as well in order to be profitable. And when you're a small company and you're running these small runs and you're buying at a smaller capacity, right? hard right? To get profitable because, you you know, so that's another thing. If you're going to a contract manufacturer, you're buying at these larger capacities, the price point goes, everything starts to go down, right? Right. Right. So we were dealing with that part of the equation as well. And um, great product. But Marissa, you also have a product that if I looked at that product and you were selling it for you know, for a box of, you know, six popsicles and you were selling it for $1.99, I would figure that it didn't work because, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay for, I wouldn't pay. I don't go to the, I don't go buy my vitamins and stuff and go, Oh, I want the 99 cent vitamins. I want, I, I have to equate that the cost of it tells me that it's a premium product and I should buy it. So you had that balance too. Yes. And there was another challenge, Maureen, was where is our placement, right? So where do we stand on the shelves? Do we, are we, are we, are we aligned with the other pops and there's other shelf stable pops out there, or are we in the pharmacy section at the shop rights and the markets out there? Because 
that was like, so where do we stand? And of course, I always wanted to be next to the pharmacy because we're almost a supplement. Well, we are. Mm -hmm. We have these ingredients that have supportive qualities to make you feel better. So we should always be on that side. But the challenge was, you know, getting people aligned to that. So right now, besides the, uh, you know, investment, the capital that you need, it's the timing, the education, you know, to educate people. And I have a feel, I don't know about what's going on in New Jersey, but wow, Western Pennsylvania, we were hit by some bug this holiday. And during, during COVID, I knew very few people that were sick. This past two weeks, I think every single person I knew was sick. So everybody was sick. It's hitting everywhere. But I think that we've been on this hiatus for the last two years where no one's sick. No one had a cold. I don't think we went through a box of Kleenex in two years because we all stayed away from each other, kept our own, our germs to ourselves. I were masked up. And so no one's been sick. And now all of a sudden this winter, it's been, now mind you, it's not COVID. It's, I mean, it's just, it's the flu, the actual influenza. Cold, the flu, RSV, yes. And so I have a feeling that people haven't been sick in a long time and all of a sudden they're experiencing it again. So I would have had zero reason to buy your feel good, feel better pops, the feel better pops for the last two years. Now I would be looking for them because they're all, everybody, the kids, everybody's sick. And in fact, Maureen, I still, I'm, I, I'm still getting calls. Like, are you feel better pops for sale? Cause I have so many people still interested in them. Um, we had so many supporters, uh, and then when they were, you know, we were able to sell them online, even though the cost was high, some people didn't mind it. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. would buy them and, um, they said that was the only thing that my kid wanted while they weren't feeling well. It was almost like an experience, right? So your child's not feeling well, and what do they want? They want to. They want something that they like, and in a in a in a freezer, like in an ice. It's not on a stick, but still in that freezy, you know, little. Th- it just it made the experience feel better, and they tasted it and they liked it, and the parents were like, "Wow!" They held it down bonus, there are ingredients in there to make them feel better. So it all just made sense. So we still have, still have a lot of love out there. It's just now, how do we get it off the shelf before it becomes, I don't want it to be dusty. I think the timing might be good soon because the fact that, like I said, I have a three and a half year old grandson who had never been sick, never, because he was born during COVID. So he had never been, he was sick a week ago. First time he'd ever had a fever. First time he, you know, besides like when they have a little fever for their teeth, you know, when they're cutting teeth. But this is the first time he was ill. And my daughter was kind of like, what do I do? She'd never had a sick child. And, you know, she did what she remembered I, I did and, and things like that. But Here's a kid who doesn't understand why he's sick because he's never been sick. Wow. It's crazy. You know, so and my other grandchildren always were getting, you know, passed it around, but there's more in their family. 
But I think there's a lot of kids out there right now in the ages of three, four, five who have never been ill because they were born during COVID and they've stayed away from everything and they were homeschooled during that all that time. And this is their first year going to school. Being exposed to germs and, you know, it's yes. part of, you know, you, you do have to be exposed. I mean, you know, it is, can't live in a bubble anymore. So, you know, you are going to get, you're going to get sick. And so that's part of it. And you do build your immune system by getting sick. And so, yes, it is, it is timing. I do believe that. And then again, we're in an age I'm still on my idea of like the brain support and the eye health. I mean, there's so many different variations that um, I can really fly with. So, you know, it's also that too. So uh, not only immune. You had mentioned that do, even do the shelf stable, the water content was adding weight. Yes. Have you ever given thought to making a mix that people can mix at home, freeze? Yeah, like a sachet. That's a good idea. You know, and or that they, you know, they they have it and they can mix up and put it in their little Tupperware popsicle forms and make their own. That's a great idea, Maureen. Absolutely. I mean, we've thought of different types of delivery systems. Obviously, gummies are like the thing mm. um, right now in my other worlds of you know my other job. Um, yes, gummies seems to be like the thing. And now there's other, like I just said, I went to a trade show, other vessels like um, patches and things that you just put on your tongue as well. So there's so many different ways in delivering these ingredients. Um, again, the experience of the whole like feeling, you know, when you're not feeling well and having that cooling, hydrating. Yes, that was the whole the point of that. Um but yeah, no, and I, that's a good idea. Now, did you did you ever have a chance to listen to our podcast with Michelle Frame? Not yet, because her company makes gummies. Okay, for for the delivery of medicine. Let's see, there you go. <laughs> that's amazing. They're working with companies to do it for um, people in countries where they can't get medicine, and they're not sure that the measurement would be correct, that they're not sure how, like, for instance, in some countries, they don't have water, so they can't take a pill. Right. So they're making, med they're making medical gummies. But watch that, and you could always get in touch with Michelle, and she could help you if you want to go the gummy route at any point, because that's her passion, is to deliver hers is to deliver these she has a real passion for this she says the amount of diseases we could cure by getting the medicine in the children right and that was one of the things too i wanted to get these pops to children in areas too where you know they're suffering from these types of stomach distresses but again in those types of areas, they don't have the freezer ca capabilities as well. So, right. That's, no. that's fantastic. Cause the whole, again, purpose and just wanting to help kids that were not, you know, in, in, again, in cute situations. So cancer, or, you know, I had one, one, one little friend of mine, he actually had his mom get a freezer for his room because after chemo, he was getting these mouth sores. And um, he said when he was using the pops, 
they were just, they would help the sores and it's just cooling and it just made them feel good. So, you know, again, taking this idea, who knew, right? It was just for my son, but really helping in the reach that it can possibly go, the potential. Really, I feel like there's so much still to be done. So I don't think that you should uh, let this lie and just keep looking for those opportunities. Keep looking for those investors. Thank you. Because maybe even someone listening to this is going to reach out to you and say, you know what, I, I think you got an idea there and I think we should run with it. And maybe it's your shelf stable ones. Maybe it's moving on to gummies. Maybe it's coming up with a mix that we all can do at home. So when we, when the kids aren't sick for six months, I haven't had these sitting on the shelf for six months. I could just mix it up and, and make it for them. Great ideas. Let's hope. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. There might be somebody out there who who wants to partner with you. So I would I hope. I really do. We just we need one more person to add to our team. What a team we have and uh just run with it and really really help people, right? Kids, adults, seniors. We have we have we have a really good idea here. It's just taking it to that next level. So yeah, and I think the senior idea is very very good because of the fact that I saw this one thing on the internet where they they distribute these little round they they look like little round gumballs, and the seniors love them and they eat them like candy because seniors are kind of geared towards eating candy. Sure, for some reason they like to eat candy. And they can't drink water. Believe it, people think that they, they, why don't they just drink water? Well, some of them have difficulty swallowing water, but they can swallow solids. So this young man has invented these hydrating little, little gummies. Wow. And, but like I said, they, they don't pop in their mouth in liquid. They actually are, you know, feel to them like a gummy. Wow. And they eat these. And like six a day, they mentioned how much hydration it offers these people. And all these people are in the nursing homes are doing way better when they eat these because of the fact that it's all giving them the hydration that they need that they can't get any other way. Amazing. But I bet they could, I bet they could do popsicles. I bet they could do, you know, all of those things. They just don't do well with a glass of water. Yeah. And here's a delivery system, right? Again, to your friend and, you know, the gentleman with the gum. It's just a different way of delivering these ingredients. And that that's yes. that's it. I mean, that's really the purpose. Instead of swallowing a bunch of pills, and some people have a hard time swallowing or, you know, or drinking something that doesn't taste good. Um, although the beverage market, it's, it's like... It's another one of those areas too that's interesting. I like it. Um, I'm a big kombucha drinker, and I love those little shots. I think you can get a lot in. Um, just so much potential in that functional space. Um, but actually, a lot of a lot of older people can't swallow liquids. It's crazy. It's very weird. You think that they could sit there and eat a hamburger or French fry, but they can't swallow liquids. Yeah. And so these kind of things help them get the hydration that they need without wondering why you keep putting a glass of water in front of them and they won't drink it. Right. Or even a drink. So some of the beverages don't work for the older people. Yeah. Because it's still a water delivery. Right. 
And they need something that isn't water. Yes, yeah, a solid. They need something that's a semi, yeah. You know, and they get most of their liquids from eating foods, but they lose their appetite. It's just a kind of a snowball thing. And I've I've learned a lot that most of the elderly are in poor health because they don't eat right. And they don't eat right because they don't eat. They don't have, they're, some are living alone, right? Some are living alone and they don't get the ability to go and get what they need or they don't have the interest in, you know, making right. what they want. Um, they, mm-hmm. And a lot of them just need companionship. And if they had that, and then you pair it with food and bring back the kitchen, right? Because everything is great when you're in the kitchen and you bring all that back. And actually in some of the assisted livings and the, and the I don't like to say nursing homes because I'm thinking more assisted living, people actually go to the dining room, they eat together. They eat more because of peer pressure. Because they see everybody else at the table eating, they're going to eat. And if they've been served food, they don't want you to throw it away, so they'll eat it. But if they were at home alone, they wouldn't even put it in on the plate, so therefore they wouldn't even eat it. But there's also to be said when you're surrounded by people, right? There's an energy Mm -hmm. there. And when you're, you're eating together, it just brings a more, it's more joyous, right? Instead of just yourself sometimes although I like eating by myself sometimes just because you know I'm out of state ah. in my life where quietness is so nice um a nice glass of wine I'm good yeah <laughs> um, but I I do understand you know that sometimes when you're alone and you know you're you just you want some companionship it brings some more joy to that experience so yeah I think that that you know to circle back I think that your your feel better pops would do well at both ends for the children and for the elderly yes and for the college students right the college yes. students that are hung over <laughs> and need extra hydration or the partiers out there there's so many angles that's the thing there's so many different angles that we can market and, uh, and get to. So that's, that's, that's the exciting thing. It was directly related to children because again, children love ice pops. Uh, but we saw that we can really make it become something more. So let's hope that 2024 is your year and that, that we can, uh, get these back on the market. Cause I know we tried them. We had them here in our house. Yes. And they liked them. Thank you. So I liked them too. We all tried them. They were very good. Thank you so much, Maureen. I appreciate it. Yeah. So Marissa, thanks for being with us today. And thanks for telling us about your journey to the Feel Better Pops. And hopefully we're going to see them back on the shelf real soon. Yes. I really appreciate your time with me. Thank you for allowing me to share my journey. And let's hope Feel Better Pops will come alive again. So thank you, Maureen. All right. Thank you so much.